a.m. to a.m. like fucking wrecked, and they they're fine. They go into the office at eight, yeah. you know, seven, and I'm I'm at eight or seven, like still barfing my guts out, really? you know, from 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 the night before, right? And and they do that on on sometimes on the daily basis, sometimes, yeah. right? Um, so that's you know seeing that culture sometimes there, it's getting better, but once you get into like the business circles, like you can't avoid it, yeah, right? and and that's always tough as as someone that. Kind but of. it's that way here too. It's some. I mean, I guess more over there, right? Yeah, I don't know if there's a drinking culture. So we no. mouth to mic. Yeah. I mean, you're loud as fuck. You're fucking. You know, you're back there. You're you're. Can I turn the <laughs> can I turn the thing like? Uh, you can turn it towards you. Yeah. Let me turn your game a little yeah. <laughs> he turns me down yeah. way down because I'm loud as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> should, should we close the door? Yeah. Well, I get. I know what you mean. I never. I guess I never been to Asia to understand, but I know I have clients here that fuck all the time. Yeah. They want to go out. They want to do this and that. And realtors, they do. Realtors drink a lot. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that till I was like in it. Then I realized like. I can still separate myself from these people and do what I want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't have to yeah. do it. But we think that way when we first get into something because you want to fit in, you want to do well, you want to succeed, yeah. you want whatever, right? Yeah. But then it's not the way it is. It's like, but I don't know how it is over there because I guess <sighs> it's... It's it's tougher. I don't think it is that <laughs> avoidable Yeah. Uh, as much as you'd like it. If, if you're there, like if you're just working a... a not nine to five, like a nine to nine over there. <laughs> or like if yeah. you're just an employee and stuff like that, and you're not uh, moving up, you're not in management, or like, uh, that's fine. But if you're out there like just doing business, you're, you're meeting people, having dinner. Like if you're at the dinner table, they're whipping out bottles, right? Like yeah. in, in, in every every occasion, yeah. right? And it, it doesn't, there, there doesn't need to be an excuse for that. So that's always tough when I'm just someone that, I mean, I care, I care for my body. Like I'm not a big, I'm not a big drinker. Uh, I mean, that, and that's one aspect of it. And the other aspect of it is because, because I grew up here, I, I feel like I don't have an advantage over there. Yeah. In, in, in some ways I do, in some ways I don't, right? Like it's as much as I feel like I can try to mold myself to fit in. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. There, there is that gap yeah. there and I just don't feel that much more comfortable. Yeah. Over there. Yeah. I want to one day visit there. I was planning on... Yo, visiting. blow your mind, man. Absolutely blow your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. We good? Yeah, I'm barely getting any audio from you. So no? weird. Yeah. Is, that, is that the mic situation? Hi, Harry. Yeah, see, that's good. You got you to gotta speak up a little. Cause, uh, Hello. Yeah, there you go. Your frequency. Your frequency is fucking low as fuck. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah, just speak a little. Speak up. Yeah, speak up. Yeah. Okay. We're good. <laughs> We're just gonna roll. Are you rolling? Yeah, keep talking about Asia. Keep talking about Asia. Uh, I, I told Soleil, I told Soleil yeah. I'm gonna take him to China next year. Dude, I, it I, would blow your mind, but man. This motherfucker wants to go to every city. I told him, like, we start with two. And yeah. Then, like, just the contrast. Yeah. And then, like, that's it. You know, I wanna go which to two, which two, which two? I, I said, uh, I said, uh, Beijing and Shenzhen. Okay. Contrast, yeah. Okay. Contrast the two. Yeah. I think Beijing is very old and Shenzhen is very, very new, right? So you can see like this huge contrast. Yeah. yeah. And maybe Shanghai as well, right? Yeah. But then uh, Swain's like, no, I want to go to like, like fucking every city he listed. I'm like, I want to go to Singapore and shit. I'm like, you fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't have a lot of time on this earth. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel like, like when I went to Mexico with my girlfriend, She's like, she planned out like two things, mm-hmm. just like two things. We had a week and then the rest of the time was on the beach, relaxed. That's what she had planned out, right? And then I looked like a week before the trip, just a week. I looked at it and I was like, well, we could do this. We could do that. We could do this. We could do that. Yeah. Right. We could go to this cave. We could go to that pyramid. <laughs> we could go to the, and it's like a four hour drive here, three hour drive how, there. How did that conversation go? Was she like, nah, dude, I just want to chill. <laughs> <laughs> no, cause she, ne- she, she's never been on a, like, she's only been on long trips with her family. And I was like, dude, I've been on trips that are over a week. Right. But I've done so much. I've done something every morning from six to six. Yeah. And then I come back and relax. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, let's try it, right? And then, 
and she was really open to it, thankfully. And she's the adventurous type, but I guess she didn't know how to like express you know, that, express and move and stuff. So, and uh, and the environment she was around before was like you know not as adventurous, but she was. So, I just booked a bunch of trips without telling her. And when we went, I was like, okay, we gotta wake up at six tomorrow. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then the next day, same thing. And the next day, same thing. And then we would, tr- it was like a three hour drive to the pyramids, two hour drive to uh, the, these caves, yeah. hour drive to some historical sites, another hour, like every day was something. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy. It was really adventurous. We were really tired. We got sick at the end of the trip, but, um, but it was well worth it, man. It was, I like to go one place and if I'm going to go to Asia, it's going to be like for a full month and it's going to be like China, Japan, like, you know, yeah. whatever. and I'll explore like a week in each city, no problem. Even though it's a little bit, it's not that much. I'll cram as much as I can. And then next time when I go, I'll do the same thing, but different things within the same countries. I don't know. That's how I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> See, I, I'm so... I feel like that's maybe why <laughs> perhaps don't enjoy too much thing in Asia or like I like it, yeah. but not to the extent that maybe you would probably find it so exciting. It's <laughs> that every time I go to a new city, yeah. like I'm always there very with a purpose. Yeah. You know, I'm there for, for a business, I'm there for 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 a for a talk. Like I'm there and maybe yeah. I stay for three days and my talk's only like one day or two day. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then I won't be like, oh, okay, third day I get to chill, I get to relax. Yeah. It's just more like, okay, I'm there one, two, done my job, and yeah. I'm like, okay. Like that, I, I don't, I don't care for like anything else. Yeah. I just go and I would, focused. I, I'm focused, but like after I'm focused, like my method of relaxation is just like, I, I like to just maybe walk the streets around my hotel, yeah. right? Like try the food, right? But I won't be like, oh, I want to, I want to plan to go to the countryside to yeah. see this. I, I want to go to the, the great wall. I want to see this temple, yeah. right? It's like, even though I know that there's like really cool tourist sites or really 100%. cool sites that like. If you're going to come to my city once in your lifetime, you should probably go. And I'm just like, uh, you know, <laughs> like sometimes I find myself just chilling in the hotel, like yeah. either doing work or just chilling. Right. Like I don't feel like I, I have that uh, drive to to do like so many different activities. Like yeah. I'm just so purposeful every time I go somewhere or do something. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like is it because you were too focused on what you were doing maybe? Like, cause you had a goal, you had a plan yeah. that you didn't want to leave, you know? No, I, I, I think I'm just wired in a way where my reward center and my brain yeah. isn't rewarded by sightseeing or like those sort of activities. Right. A, a lot of times, like for, for example, I, I go on hikes a lot. We have like a mentorship group and we go on hikes. Yeah. I enjoy the fact that we're a group, we're, we're talking to each other, we're, 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 you know, giving each other advice, we're connecting. Right. Like, that's where I'm, like, really excited about. Okay. But then when I get to the top, and, like, it's a beautiful view. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that, that's, yeah. that's all I get from my brain yeah. for some reason. And that's why when people are like, oh, do you, why do you go on so many hikes? Do you enjoy it? Like, I really don't enjoy hikes all that much. If yeah. I were to go myself or with a friend, like, I probably won't choose that as an activity. Yeah. But I enjoy the, the company and, and the purpose of, of the trip. Yeah. And that's where like my, I, I, my brain really gets fired off with, I guess like dopamine or stuff like that, where I get excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt when I was coaching basketball. Yeah. A little, a little bit when I would take the guys on hikes or I would take the guys on runs and stuff like that, yeah. or, you know, certain trips or movie theaters or yeah. dinners, whatever. At the end of it, I didn't care about the, about what the food was or the theater, the movie or any of that stuff. I cared that we were together. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's different me when I'm traveling. Cause when I'm traveling, I'm like, I only got this much time. Yeah. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's do that. Right. Yeah. That's, but. that's, that's the interesting thing where I think, you know, Gary V puts it best. Cause I think Gary V he's always like, he's always <laughs> the hustler. And I was like, how the, how the hell do you like, work that much or you hustle yeah. that much and he's like I've I've won the game because I love the process more than results and, and I think that's for me as well like I don't I don't care too much about the results like yeah. obviously it matters like you can't do stuff and it fails every time yeah. but it's the process of getting there and continually restarting that process yeah. so even if I were to have like free time all my free time now uh, aside from like I 
you know, family and, and like dating and stuff like that. It's, it's a revolve around like, I want to go volunteer. Yeah. Like I'm on this board, I'm on that board. Or like I have a nonprofit, like I'm working with youth and everyone feels that as like, isn't that work? But for me, it's not like work. Like I, I feel, I find that very, I wouldn't say relaxing, but very rewarding. And yeah. I'd, I'd rather spend my free time chasing that yeah. versus just like chilling on the beach, right? Or, or just having dinner with friends. And, and I enjoy that, but it's not something that my mind would automatically go towards uh, when, when I'm looking for something to do. Yeah. yeah. You feel like it gives you purpose. Gives me purpose. Yeah. It gives me, gives me purpose. And it, it just, yeah, again, I just love it. I just love doing and I love like just adding value I feel yeah. I feel like when you add value to something and you and people acknowledge that I think that's something maybe like when you sell a house or something and, and you close a deal like you've added value to their lives and they have acknowledged your skill and yeah and their, their trust within you that's I right. don't think that's something that is replaceable sometimes yeah. yeah I agree I think when um when I take people throughout the home buying process sometimes it's one day, to be honest with you, sometimes people walk in, they, they make a decision right off the bat, and then sometimes it's a year to two year to three year process, right, mm-hmm. potentially. And it's fun going through the process. A lot of realtors, a lot of people in our industry say, oh, why don't he just, why doesn't he just buy already, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just sitting there like, I, I don't know if it has to do with the fact that I'm living at home, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, um, and not paying those bills and stuff, right? But um, I always loved being there throughout the process. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you drive to, you drove there? You drove to Abbotsford every week for, you know, six months? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I drive with the client, first of all. So it's more fun. Yeah. And we get to talk about all their experiences and their life and their 90% of the conversation is not about real estate. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's the purpose. Yeah. That's the whole purpose. <laughs> like business is already done yeah. by the time you get to this, the, yeah. the, <laughs> like the even talking get... about the contract or anything else, like it's done. hundred percent. Yeah. I never, I obviously now we take two separate cars and all that stuff during COVID, but, um, you know, we, I never, ever. Uh, took a separate car with clients unless they specifically wanted to. Mm-hmm. We always took the same car, always talked about the same things, everything. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was fun. It was, and it still is. And, and during the holidays, I'm always, uh, I'm always calling, I'm always you know, emailing, making sure we're on top of things. And it's fun. Get, when I send out the first email, the first text, or the first phone call, it feels like work. Mm-hmm. Straight up, to be honest with you. And then once they respond, it doesn't feel like work anymore because they're asking questions, they're, um, they're open, they're friendly, right? Because you're not talking about work. And then from there, the conversation flows. And sometimes those conversations last months. Yeah. It's like you and them texting every, na- every back and forth for, for months. Yeah. And it's just like a new friendship. I feel like I've developed a lot of new friendships in this career. <laughs> I really actually that actually makes a lot of sense for yeah. me as well it's always that first step yeah. especially when you're cold calling or cold pitching someone 100%. whether it's like I'm sitting there sending 50 LinkedIn messages or like emails stuff like that and like that's always the chore yeah. but like the moment you get a good response and they're like okay let's let's you know let's hang out let's chat let's talk yeah. about this then it's like then it goes into motion it fun. and then you're like okay like now now you have a way in yeah. and you can see it. I think the biggest thing is like you can see it you can see it like having results. You can see it becoming what you envision it to become. Right. But in the beginning, because like you're, you're cold calling and you're cold pitching, like you don't actually really know. Yeah. And that's when it's always like, it's always a chore. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, share with us, Slovenia. So for those of you that don't know, Slovenia is the upcoming realtor in, in BC, not even in Richmond, not in Vancouver, <laughs> like Slovenia's the guy. And like, I don't know if I should describe you as a hustler or someone that's just like defines what determination means, yeah. but can you like share with us that, that whole journey of, cause I know you have a very unique story yeah. of becoming a realtor yeah. and then some of like what you can share your trade secrets. Cause like you have really interesting techniques <laughs> yeah. that not a lot of people would subscribe to. Yeah. So first off, I didn't even think of becoming a realtor. 
after when we started from high school. Do whatever, man. Okay. Okay, give us. Yeah, let's go give deep. Me, give me, let's go deep. Let's go deep. Okay, yeah. so basically, go deep with us. Yeah. <laughs> high school, I didn't know what to do. It was probably. It was after basketball season, probably April or May, sometime around there. And, um, and everyone was like, I'm going to SFU, I'm going to UBC, I'm going to, I'm going to this drama school. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I didn't, um, I didn't know what to do. And then I was kind of feeling down on myself, embarrassed, like what to do, what to do. Everyone's going to a certain school. And everyone's like, what school are you going to, Sylvain? What school, where are you going, right? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so um, next day, I go into auto mechanics, the class, and I talk to our teacher, Mr. Dietrich. Yeah. <laughs> Fred. <laughs> Fred Dietrich. And uh, Fred Dietrich, this is for you. And um, he, was, he was all open and you know nice about it. And he was like, why don't you just do a trade, right? Why don't you, it makes money, even if you don't like doing it, you can you know, hustle for a few years until you decide what to do, and then take it from there. I was like, okay, what do you recommend? He's like, well, the HVAC industry, heating, it's a heating, it stands for heating, ventilation, air conditioning, and then they have the R at the end for refrigeration. And I was like, me, refrigeration, you know, I don't think so, right? <laughs> but then I was like, you know what, I'll do it anyways, because at least I'll make money doing it in the meantime. And I uh, didn't find any spots in at, UB at uh, BCIT. And so I think it was like a two-year wait list. So then I went to Okanagan College. At Okanagan College, I stayed there. It was, like, it was a certificate program. I stayed there for like seven, eight months. Uh, the experience I loved, living alone, learning how to um, live by myself and, um, and be responsible for my own things, my own money, my own rent, school, being healthy, etc. And um, the thing that really, um, I think the first day in Okinawa, in the Okinawa, in, in Penticton, when I took that course, I knew I didn't want to do this right away. When Fred Dietrich told me to do it and I did it, I was like, eh, maybe it could work out. Like, I was like, I don't know, but maybe it could, right? But then when I first got there, when I took that leap was when, oh shit, what did I get myself into? <laughs> Refrigeration. <laughs> right? Like, I was like, I'll give it a try. Maybe I'll like it, right? But I guess that's what most people don't understand is like you have to take that leap sometimes to know whether or not you like something. You have to take that risk and spend and spend and do what you need to do, you know, and sacrifice those six months out of your life to do something that you didn't want to do, but then to gain the fact um, of life experience yeah. that you got from it, right? And so I studied, I worked hard, I got there, and then I came back. I uh, didn't get as good of a grade and stuff as I wanted, but I uh, came back, didn't even work in that industry for long. I worked for, for them, uh, for, an, for a company here in Vancouver for like two months, not even, yeah. and I just quit right after that. Started working with my dad in the restaurant business, and then, um, and then later on, I didn't know what to do, and then I got into BCIT again, <laughs> from marketing and other programs. And then down the road, I spoke to my uncle who's a realtor in Morgan Hills, California. And he was saying, well, why don't you just try real estate? The same way Fred Dietrich said, why don't you just try HVAC? Yeah. I was like, okay, right? He's like, it's an easy test, but it's a hard industry, mm -hmm. which is true. It's easy to pass, easy to get in. That's why you have, that's why some, Realtors, uh, that's why you see such a high turnover. Yeah. Is because people think it's easy, the exam's easy, they get in, they're licensed, yippee ki yay, right? Yeah. It's easy, it's all fun and games. Oh, I sell one house, I make a $25,000 commission. It's not fun and games, it's not that easy. And um, I got in, and then I was still working with my dad in the restaurant business. 
And at the same time, I was doing like, I was coaching basketball and I was going to school at BCIT. It was all, I was doing a bunch of things at once. Then as I was trying out this new career in real estate, I didn't have a mentor, right? I didn't have anyone telling me what to do. I was just in my manager's office for like two to three hours every morning. Stephen Tom, his name, he's an ex-Richmond Colt. Oh, shit. Yeah. So uh, I, I love him for being there every single day. And he was, he was the manager of our office, but he was almost like my mentor. You know, he was there every single time I needed something. He wasn't there to guide me. I was there, if I needed help, I went to him right away to say, hey, do you know the answer to this? What do I do here? What's, what's going on here? He wasn't like, hey, I'll help you, right? I, I didn't know that I needed a mentor and that's what most people, um, that's what most people don't think of when they first get into an industry. The first thing you should do is get a mentor. Well, if I can just jump into that, I think mentorship is because something I'm just so passionate about yeah. is not something that you actively find. No. And I think that you, you placed it perfectly in a sense that it's like, it's not that Steven presented himself to you as like, Sylvain, I'm going to be your mentor. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, nice. It's the fact that you place yourself in a position to allow yourself to receive mentorship yeah. by asking the questions, by hustling, by demonstrating that you want to do well in the business. Yeah. And he didn't come about in a way where he's like, let me give you advice. It's more so like, this is your question. I have the answer. I have the experience. I'll ask you a question. And I'm sure you guys built a relationship and a friendship over time. That's right. right? But a lot of young professionals, a lot of students, they get because of the whole guru culture these days and everything, they get pulled into this idea of like, I need to find a mentor. Like I have people asking me like, Franco, how do I find a mentor? You have so many mentors. How do I find a mentor? Well, this conversation that we're having is mentorship. You don't see it that way because I'm not 55 years old with a Ferrari and like, I'm telling you I can mentor you. But like this peer to peer conversation, me sharing my experience, is mentorship and you talking about your experience is also mentorship. That's right. right? I don't think we could ever neglect the fact that although someone may be younger, that they don't have value to add in the conversation because we have different experiences. My life is so different than yours and we can learn from each other no matter how old we are because you have a perspective I will never have because I'll never be able to live in your shoes. That's right. And I think it's so neglected. And, and I just want to jump on that point because so many students and young professionals keep asking me and I'm sometimes I'm offering help. Yeah. I'm literally like, call me anytime, text me anytime, but they never do. But I swear, if someone goes like, hey, pay me $500 and I'll mentor you, they're like, oh, like that, that's when it registers for them. That's, that's like, right. that's mentorship. And then I'm willing to contribute or, or like fork up money for that. Yeah. Uh, whereas they're completely neglecting all the resources and people around them that's just willing to help them just because you're, you're friends or you know each other. That's right. We neglect our own sphere. I've neglected you, you've neglected me, Harry over here, our own f- group doesn't take enough information from each other, yeah. you know? And we don't, um, we don't see the opportunities that lie within our own group and our own sphere. It's, um, it, it boggles my mind sometimes because it's free information, Yeah. right? Yeah. It's better than the internet, you know? It, you're listening to your own friends go through life experiences and no filter, mm-hmm. right? They're not trying to teach you the ways or anything. They're just telling you about what happened, yeah. right? They're telling you stories and freely. You can go out for a drink. You can go out for a walk. You can go to the gym and talk about it, right? And you're learning from each other's experiences. See, Slovenia's the glue. Slovenia's our high school glue. <laughs> like anytime there's a reunion, every time it's like, it's always Slovenia posting in the Facebook group, freaking necroing that and going like, yo guys, let's chill. Let's have a picnic. Let's do yeah. something, right? And, and a big part of that is, is exactly what you said, right? Just maintaining those relationships, maintaining those, those friendships, I think, especially if we're staying in Vancouver long-term. Yeah. Like I want to see each other succeed. I want, I want us to, to grow yeah. uh, with each other. And, and I think that's, it's always beautiful because I always know, even though that I might not participate in a lot of things, as long as I'm still connected with Sylvain, yeah. I'm good. Like I'm good. <laughs> like I, I'll be yeah. informed. I'll be notified. Like anything happens, yeah. like I'm good. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> so, so, so hit us with kind of like 
I guess now that we're, we're onto that stage of like you just starting to get into the industry, when did it kind of take off for you? When did it take off? Um, so about two years in, it really took off. The first year was more a learning experience. I would go on tours with other realtors. I would learn from each and every single one what I want to be, what I don't want to be. Um, I would go out with, I'd, I'd set a goal for myself for the first year to meet at least one new person every day. Hmm. And it's amazing um, when I did that, uh, one new person every day is 365 people a year. Yeah. Added to your network that you can learn from, that you can work with, that can become your client, whoever, right? And from then on, I started following up and building my business from there. The second year, you didn't, I didn't get see any results because you're still building those relationships, right? Yeah. You're meeting those people the first year, but the second year is when you're following up and you're building those relationships. And then after that, those people start to know you, they start to trust you, they start to see your work ethic and that you're their guy for all their real estate needs. And then they start to refer you, right? It might not necessarily be them, it may be a friend of theirs or a friend of a friend, etc. But there's always someone that's inquiring about real estate, mm-hmm. always. And people always think like, well, I don't have anyone that wants to buy or sell. Yeah. And I was like, that's okay. Do they have any questions? Yeah. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, let's sit down. Yeah. And then peop- as soon as you say that, people are more open. Yeah. Right? And they're like, no, I want to, I may- maybe I want to invest in like a year. And I'm like, sure, cool. let's sit yeah. down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Just no expectations. Like, I, I, I fucking love that. It's like, when you go into things without expectations, you always receive more than you can ever expect. And by you adding value, that's where you're building trust, whether that's, you know, something that you monetize in a day or over the long term. like you don't have to think about it. Like it always comes around. And, And I think that's the biggest thing is that it also allows yourself to, to do what you said is meet one person new every day. Yeah. Because if you're someone that's like, I have to close a deal every single day or like, that's my hustle. Like I yeah. have to, then you you kind of get into this loop of like, you're missing out on opportunities that you never knew existed. Cause you're like, okay, he's not closing. Oh, he's not looking. Okay, that's next right. and next and that's next. Right. Whereas what you're doing is that you're widening up your scope so much larger than everyone else who's just focused on the end goal and the sales. Yeah. yeah. I feel like people don't start off that way. People end off that way. Or they, somewhere along the line, they feel like they have to close or they have to, um, they have to, you know, make a sale. And that's completely and utterly wrong, I, I think. I think as soon as you put yourself in that mindset, sure, yeah, you have to close a sale. Of course, that's your job, right? But at the end of the day, your goal is to make ends meet and meet new people. The goal is to have them um, be by your side every step of the way and not have the client or the customer feel like they're rushed or feel like they're pressured or any of that sense. You tell them the straight up facts. And like I said, 90% of the conversation is not about real estate. So just build that relationship, be with them every step of the way, tell them all they need to know. And from that point on is when uh, they start to believe you and trust you and start to um, love having you by their side just just for a casual conversation. A lot of my clients now, just out of the blue, they'll invite me to dinners. Yeah. I, I, sorry, what was your wife's name again? <laughs> like, I, like, Which day out of the 365 did I, did I meet you? And that's it, right? But it's, it's a mistake that... Um, I've made on that part where I didn't have systems in place and stuff like that because I was so focused on one new person a day, right? You didn't record didn't, it. You didn't, didn't write didn't it down. It, right? yeah. I didn't write down and all that stuff. So I was all just one new person a day. Now I have systems and I'm you know, writing down people's uh, dates and anniversaries and all these kind of things. A letter to their door every single 
Halloween, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it is, right? <laughs> but <laughs> Harry used to always make that joke. But uh, but you've, we've got to be in that constant, um, you know, hustle and state of mind. You know? What's that balance though? Because I because I think that's something that I struggle with myself because yeah. I subscribe to the exact same mindset. Yeah. Give the expectations, build the long term relationships. You know, you don't even have to have an ask, right? But right. at the end of the day, you also have to be respectful of your own time and value. Absolutely. And that's something that I personally struggle with a lot because yeah. you know I I give a lot and and in in a lot of different areas. But sometimes, especially now that getting a little bit older, you're like, yeah. oh shit, like so like you're you're giving a hundred percent, but only like 10% is converting into something that's meaningful and that what's meaningful is what you put on the table and you have to eat right so uh, sometimes it's like how do you respect your time or have you adjusted the way that you've been doing things so that you have a better balance of the two right life balance like work life balance well not work life balance but in a sense of your your approach of doing business right Right. because because for myself it's I I I build my networks through volunteering a lot contributing my time my effort and my value uh, but sometimes it doesn't reciprocate, right? Uh, sometimes you thought you've built that relationship yeah. and you've, you make an ask, right? It doesn't even have to be a sales. It can be a Always. referral. It can be whatever. It doesn't pan out, right? No. It probably doesn't pan out for 80% of the time, 100%. right? But how did you find that balance of like, okay, am I giving too much at this point? Yeah. Uh, I need to focus on like just closing deals yeah. or do I give more? Like what's your mindset there? Because everyone's different. I haven't thought of that. Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> Damn. That's just, this guy, he's thinking of it. He's like closing deals and building networks. That's huge, <laughs> no, man. I, it's hard. You know, you're, I, I haven't thought of that, but I, I get exactly what you mean. Sometimes I feel like, am I overdoing it Yeah. for no reason? Mm-hmm. Or am I um, underdoing it? Sometimes when I leave in the car, let's say I have a meeting at like 12 and I got another meeting at 3. Did I leave that meeting too early? Should I should I have stayed longer? Should I have you know? Yeah. Just, right. And <laughs> right. Harry's like too early. Slovenia leaving too early. <laughs> no, seriously. And and you know that's why recently I've given more time in between meetings. Every time the meeting I know in my head is supposed to take an hour and a half to two hours, I set a four hour or five hour time frame for myself, just in case. I need to stay there for longer, answer any more questions. Um, sometimes the meeting ends even earlier. Like it, it ends an hour earlier than it should. Yeah. And then I have all this free time to work on myself. Now, sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes you have to go, go, go. But I don't set those go, go, go days um, for meetings. Like if I have meet, for, especially first time homebuyer meetings, where it's the first time I ever meet someone, after a phone call or after an email I received, I'm always making sure I said at least four to five hours mm-hmm. in that meeting, yeah. that first initial meeting. Most people who interview realtors, when they meet, let's say three different realtors in the same day, they don't expect the realtor to stay there for more than two hours. If I stay there the extra two hours, I've already won, Yeah. right? Yeah. I already know I've won. Gold. That's gold, man. Yeah, because yeah, no, that's that's huge because that's exactly what you said. You just you just do something that is so unexpected. Yeah. You add so much value. That's like why would they say no to you? Yeah. Right? Or or who else can they think about that would do that? And even if they do say no, I have two hours to prove myself. Yeah. Right? And I have that time frame that I've set for myself where I'm not in a rush. I'm there for them as long as they need me. And let's say they have another meeting with another realtor afterwards. No worries. I'll meet you after that as well. And I, and I think this approach, the pros outweigh the cons yeah. because I think you've seen success in that yeah. more so than you've seen or more so than you've seen failure. Yeah. And when you have that mindset of like, I just set aside four hours without expectations. I'll go in there, give my best. Right. And sometimes they say, no, you don't get that mental setback that you would. If you're like, I have two hours, I'm going to close this deal. And they say, no. Yeah. And that's huge. Like in the long game, because it's about business, about consistency, man. And if you're getting these mental setbacks every freaking time you get a no, you're done. Like you're you're out in six months. Yeah. What you just said was gold. You said, you said 
if you s- just stayed a little longer, even if they said no at the end of it, yeah. you're still, you put yourself in, a, you put yourself at peace of mind, yeah. knowing that you gave everything you possibly could. That's, that's gold. Hey. <laughs> that is gold. <laughs> if you just stay that hour extra and you do everything you possibly can up to where they can't, they don't have any more questions or they don't have anything left to say, but no, then it is what it is, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's, that's interesting because me meeting one new person every day, you don't, you, know, you don't expect to keep that one new person in your database. You expect maybe 50, 100. Not everyone's gonna work with you in any industry, yeah. right? And you just have to put yourself in a position where you have the highest possible chance, yeah. right? And if you do that, you can go to bed at night knowing you gave everything you possibly could. I've lost out so many listing presentations and buyer presentations and not because I wasn't better, not because I wasn't, uh, I didn't, not because I didn't hustle more, but because mainly because I was young. Uh, I was that 19, 20 year old realtor where I don't know if this guy has enough experience. I don't know if this guy is willing to do this and that. Um, and I didn't know the tricks of the trade and how other, how the older guys worked mainly because of that. But I learned from it, right? Yeah. The first year, if I were to meet with, let's say, let's say I met with hundred people, yeah. right? Maybe I'd get 10 meetings afterwards, second meetings. Now this year it's turned into 20 and then the next year it turns into 30 and it keeps evolving based off your skill. But if you don't set as many meetings as you can possible, and if you don't aim to do your best every single time, you're not going to get the best of that. And you're not going to learn from your failures as much as you would have if you stayed that extra hour. Yeah. And I think in terms of the, I I, th- I like to think about that exactly what you said in almost a numbers game yeah. where, you know, I can either spend less time, have lower quality meetings with more people, yeah. or I can have higher quality meetings, spend more time with fewer people. Yes. And those fewer meetings lead to better referrals, lead to more business in, in the future. Yeah. Because what's the point of meeting so many people if none of them or the majority of them are willing to put their put themselves on the line for you or say like Sylvain's my guy, right? But if you're if the majority of the people that you're meeting and you're spending quality time with them and they're giving you referrals, they're opening up their networks to you, That's right. man, that, that opens the doors to so many other things versus if you're just in it for the sake of having that FaceTime. That's right. right. Quality FaceTime is so much more important than just the volume of FaceTime. Very true. Yeah. And <laughs> funny you bring that up because that's, that's what happened my first year is I would constantly just set meetings and I wouldn't think like, um, I don't, I would just set the meeting without even knowing the person or understanding where they're coming from or have a list of questions to ask them before I go. Yeah. Now it's more, okay, pre-qualification, right? Then set the meeting, mm. right? Talk to them on the phone, pre-qualified, then set the meeting. More highly qualified people, and therefore you're setting less meetings, but with individuals that are going to bring more value, Yeah. right? Yeah, and... and- that's a big, it comes with experience, right? Like when you're young, you didn't know what the hell is going on. Right? And <laughs> yeah. by doing that, you place yourself in a, in a position where you're able to gain that experience and gain that insight. Yeah. And I think, I think both for both of us in our respective industries and our own respective business, we've gone to a point where we're good at having that insight. Yeah. The moment you meet an individual, you have that chat, you look at their background, it's like, where can I add value in their lives? Yeah. Right. And I think that's something that even, even for myself, I've, had the pleasure of like realizing because sometimes like you don't like to toot your own horn but when you're able to meet someone and you're insightful about their needs and you're able to like help them with their needs you're like damn like I'm pretty good at this sometimes right you give yourself a pat on the shoulder and I think that's also something that drives me uh, to to keep going and to keep doing what I do yeah Yeah. it's you know a lot of people think well the more you fail the more you're gonna you know succeed and it's true right it's true for sure but also when you succeed, don't yeah. remember, don't forget to say yes. Yeah. Right. Don't forget yeah. to pat yourself on the back and say, 
I got it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, and just sometimes I get in the car on the way home and I'm just driving, listening to music and I'm like, let's turn this up a little bit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And then I scream at the top of my lungs. Right. And yeah. that's just how it is. And you got to reward yourself. Just those little moments. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be, you know, you buying yourself something or any of that sort. Right. You yeah. just get excited for the moment because yeah. you know, just like in basketball, you got to celebrate the win. I, I wish right? we, I wish we could have celebrated the wins in basketball. Oh, we didn't celebrate any of the wins. <laughs> right? It would have gave us a huge confidence boost. Yeah. But we just, our coaches were in the mind state of, we can't forget that we have a game the next day. You know? Mm-hmm. But then they weren't understanding of the fact that when you win, you've, gives you that boost it, give, yeah. it gives the team that like um that confidence you know and no that's huge i i've said this to so many people who <laughs> ask me like like how do you like some people ask me like how are you so confident or like yeah. you know like you, you speak with such confidence sometimes it's like well it didn't it didn't happen overnight no it, it was built over time a lot of practice but like small wins build big confidence yeah. and i always say that small wins build big confidence and people are so focused of like if let's say a basketball game right yeah. like you're so focused on like i want to win the game yeah but i'm just focused on making my first free throw that's right, right? Or, or making my first shot or my first layup and you see that in the nba like the commentators talk about it right yeah. like the first couple of shots that go in that's when the ball starts rolling that's when you start throwing it up there and right. you know you're throwing a golf ball in the ocean by that point yeah. and same with business yeah right like I, you're focused on maybe I want to sell the house. So people are like, I want to, I want to, I want to sell that house. But it's like, no, I want to have one great coffee chat yes. with this new person that I met. Absolutely. And that's when you get excited. You pat yourself on the back and you keep going. That's right. And that leads to the big house sale. Yeah. And when you get that big house sale, that that in turn helps you combat the failures, 100%. right? And helps you combat the times that it doesn't work out because you can always refer to the times of when it did. And yeah. that's, those moments are so much bigger than the setbacks and the failures. Huge. Yeah. I have more fun with the people that I'm working in the beginning stages or in the middle stages of the process than I ever do at the end of the sale. Yeah. The yep. end of the sale is just that, yeah, moment, right? Yeah. But then during that process is when like the, all the magic happens, the connection builds. Sometimes you just, you bring something up or you say something and it just builds that relationship so much more. And that's when it clicks and I know this person will never leave my side. It just, it feels greater. If I sold a home, I have, and I've sold a home to people that sometimes I didn't get a chance to build that relationship with and I start building it afterwards, like, and it takes time. It still doesn't click to me just because I get them a present on closing day and I've sold them the home and it's all smiles. It still hasn't hit me yeah. that same way where, like, where I've, you know, that middle spark, that middle way throughout the process where you finally um, understood the client, they've understood you, you've built that friendship, that spark is that aha moment and it gives me that confidence that this person will never leave me and it, it uh, warms me more than it does when, it, when I close the sale. Yeah. It, it feels really good to build a friendship rather than just close the sale because you close the sale, you make money, it's gone the next day. You're yeah. gonna spend it in other ways, right? But when you build that friendship or that relationship, you know that you know that person has your back and they ha- you have theirs. And that's exactly in terms of it's always about the process yeah. and not the results, right? And and if you're in love with the process, then you're in it for the long game. Yeah. And I think that's where people struggle because now the whole hustle culture emerges, yeah. but there's now the whole anti-hustle, like, oh, hustle is toxic culture that also emerges. Like, yeah. hustle is only toxic because you don't enjoy it. That's right. right? It's only toxic because you care about the results right. and you keep chasing that. But if you're in love with the process, it gets addicting. That's right. right? And, and like, exactly what you said, you're in the car, you're screaming, like 
fuck, I yeah. freaking closed a deal. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, for me, I come back down really quickly. Yes. Like, I get that peak. It's like, I come back down. I'm like, oh, shit, what's next? Exactly. And I'm like, I'm more excited about, like, oh, what's next? Yeah. Rather than, like, oh, like, oh, I'm so excited. I, like, I got yeah. the win, right? Like, I'm always, like, I get the peak. I celebrate. Yeah. Come right back down. And I'm like, I'm excited yeah. for the next possibility. Yeah. And that's where, that's what hustle culture is really about. It's not about, like, forcing yourself to like, oh, I hate this. Like, I got to do the next call. I got the next call, the next deal. That's yeah. not what it's about, man. It's about doing what you love, being in love with the process, celebrating the wins, but going back on the road right afterwards and keep going at it. Yeah. yeah. 100%. You know, like, it's, it's kind of like if you're in the NBA finals yeah. and you see these guys after game two or game three and they get, they get the win, a lot of guys, they celebrate for like the entire night. Yeah. Right? And then you have the legends... Yeah. that are they celebrate like in the moment for like five minutes and then they're back in the locker room and they're focused and they're in their ice tub yeah. and they're got their headphones on and they're back in the hotel they don't talk to anybody yeah they don't see anybody and the next day it's a new day hey man you know rest Until in peace rest in peace seven. kobe bryant man he's like <laughs> is it done is it over? It ain't over. Job's not finished. Job's not finished. Job finished? Job finished? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly what it is, right? Yeah. Job finished? Yeah. Ain't finished, man. And if you actually watch that game, yeah. he was celebrating at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. If you watch the, that entire... I watched the entire game recently, actually. The first five minutes after that game ended, he was like celebrating, high-fiving everyone, like, yeah. you know throwing some spring Gatorade at Phil Jackson a little bit. (laughs) But then right afterwards, he's in the press and he's in the media and he's like, job's not finished. Right back down. Right back down. Like, and you just get that focus right away. And I don't know, like sometimes it, I don't know if it's something that it comes naturally or it's because you found the fit or something. Like, I feel like everyone can find a fit somewhere. It doesn't matter what it is, yeah. but when you find it, that's when it happens. That's yeah. when you get the up and then you go focus. You just you just can't go celebrating and getting blackout drunk the same night. <laughs> and then later on <laughs> and then later on you're waking up the next day regretting it. Unless you're Dennis Rodman. <laughs> then he needs it. Then he needs it. He needs it. No, hundred percent, right. All right, man. We're 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 getting we're getting to the close, but like, yeah. dude, man, such I think this is probably this rivals with Hodges, with Hodges podcast. I think this, this <laughs> yeah. rivals with Hodges episode. Hodges <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if, if, if you can look back and you're, cause I work with, I, my passion is always around, you know, youth and we're young, but yeah. like young professional students, like if you can look back and like talk to that high school kid or that university kid, like, what would you say to him? Like if he's struggling, if he's like, I don't know what I want to do. Like yeah. what, what would you say, man? Do something. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. See, see, like he just—that's a mic. That's a mic drop. That's a mic drop, and I love that because that's what I struggle with. Yeah. Because when someone asks me for advice, sometimes like they want you to give them steps, yeah. and they want you to give them the pro- like, give me the blueprint. Yeah. Ain't no blueprint, man. Yeah. You just freaking do it. Just do it. <laughs> if you found your passion at an early age. Just do it. If you haven't, do something, work, get creative, uh, find something else. How many jobs have we worked combined and we still haven't found our real passion until like a few years ago? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And some people don't find their passion until they're 30. Because they don't do enough. Because they don't do enough. You gotta... I worked at a golf course. I worked at my dad's restaurant. I worked at... uh, I worked at uh, FedEx, right? I worked uh, other. I worked at a Chinese buffet, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I worked these jo- odd jobs, right? <laughs> Harry's like, since when? And th- in Penticton, when I, I was. I didn't know you went to BCIT. I was no? no, I dropped out. <laughs> I forgot to say that. <laughs> but uh, but you see, if I didn't go to BCIT, I wouldn't know that I. It wasn't meant for me. Yeah. If I didn't work in my dad's restaurant, I would have known it it wasn't meant for me. Yeah. If I didn't, I thought I was going to pursue the restaurant business. Yeah. I didn't like it. No. I thought, I thought it was my passion. No. I hated it. It took me a while to figure it out though. I went to BCIT 
did a few courses. I was like, nah, yeah. right? You gotta, and it's hard sometimes. You gotta be willing to take the risk and the jump. It's hard because, you know, uh, school is not cheap, right? You gotta, you gotta save money sometimes for things. But even if uh, it, you need that time to figure it out, take the time you need, but do something on the side. No. Do uh, part-time work, coach, uh, volunteer, set meetings with people, meet, network, do whatever you can. It doesn't have to be, you know, networking doesn't have to be this, right? Networking can just mean like, hey, let's go for dinner. 100, yeah. Let's go for a walk, bro. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, let's go, uh, oh, you're going hiking tomorrow? Can I join? Yeah. Like, that can be networking, right? And when you go in, again, right back to square one, you go in with the mindset of not having expectations, not getting a referral, yeah. building genuine friendships and relationships, when you go into that, it takes it completely different yeah. than you having that chore of like, networking and you come off different right people treat you as a human being as a person and not someone with an ask right and when you meet someone new you come with an ask it's like i don't know you like that man like don't don't come at me like you you need something i just met you for sure have a cup of coffee we talk 95 percent of the things that have nothing to do with my business and then you drop it at the end and be like oh by the way this is you know, this is what I'm up to. It's probably going to come up in the conversation It'll anyways. They'll bring it up. They don't, yeah, they'll bring it up. They'll, what are the chances of you having a conversation with someone and mm-hmm. them not asking what you do for work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are always going to ask what you do for work. And then that's when you start, you know, talking and, yeah. and speaking about what you do. Yeah. And you keep it short. You don't want to overextend yourself and try to sell and try to act like you're hip and the best, yeah. like all these people around town. You're not. Yeah. The, you're, you're not the best and you'll never be the best. And, you know, there's always some, someone out there that will outperform you eventually. Yeah. Right? So do what you can with what you have in the moment. And if they like you for who you are, they'll work with you. It's like LeBron, man. He's chasing the ghost. Yeah. He's chasing the ghost. You'll never, you'll never catch him. You'll never catch but it's him. always a chase, man. <laughs> it's right. always a chase, man. All right, Sylvain, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. It's been nice catching well, up with you. Up. What's you, up? You What's had up? a question oh, earlier on. Oh, what are you gonna? When did you tell the to tell the kids? You had tell sorry? you what do you tell the university? What, what, what? No, you had a question about uh, what are you. Your secrets, like the shoebox thing. Oh, oh, we didn't even get into that. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Let's hit it. Yeah, let's so, get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can't. We can't cut. We can't cut it because uh, Sylvain's sharing his trade secrets. Five minutes. You got five minutes. All right. So, I didn't, we didn't talk about it, but wait, wait. Let me set this up. Sylvain has like the most creative <laughs> and borderline WTF ways of yeah. like making a memorable impression on yeah. clients or potential clients yeah. uh, and like getting their trust. So like hit, hit us, hit us with that. So um, first off, I don't, I used to think like, I don't want to share this, yeah. right? I used to think my second or third year in, I don't want to share this information. You know, I don't want other realtors to copy and this and that, yeah. right? It's your competition, right? And then later on, I figured it out. I was like, Copying is just a form of flattery. Flattery. <laughs> so, so just do it and just stop worrying about because eventually you're going to be up there and people are going to copy you and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Right? And so I one day and I'm the one copying ideas from other people. Mm-hmm. So why can't I tell? Yeah. Right? So I was one day watching uh, a video online and the video was from Patrick Bet David. Yeah, okay. If you're familiar with him. And it was a video on guerrilla marketing. Mm. His last point in the video was a shoebox method. And I was like, what the hell is a shoebox method? And what it is, is you send the shoebox to, let's say I'm a realtor. You send it to people's doors in the neighborhood. Let's say it's 100 doors you're going to send the shoebox to. You put one shoe in the shoe box. You put nothing, there's only one shoe. There's nothing on the right side. You put a note on the right side saying, 
uh, introducing yourself, first of all, and then saying, this represents one foot in the door. I hope to get the chance to meet with you in person, sincerely, Sylvain, right? Or sincerely, whoever it is. And that, for months, didn't get me any response. I bought a bunch of old shoes. <laughs> I had shoebox. I, I got a bunch of shoeboxes and stuff, right? And some of them weren't even... I, weren't even in shoeboxes, I got like little bags, you know, I'd just tie them up, right? I'd send them to people's doors, right? And eventually, uh, one guy uh, called, and it was this one guy in uh, the west side of Vancouver. He called, he said, let's meet up for a coffee. It, it wasn't that short of a conversation, but for the sake of this video, I'll keep it short. Um, he met up with me at this... Uh, at Cafe Artigiano downtown, right? And we sat down for like a couple hours. Didn't even talk real estate, right? He just talked about his life and his background and I talked about mine, right? And then eventually he asked me, he's like, well, it was uh, nice to meet you, but are you, are you looking to get more business? I was like, yeah, are you looking to, are you looking to get in the market? <laughs> just a part of my business. And he's like, well, sorry, I have a realtor. And he's my, he's my close friend, he's a family friend of mine, but I have a few friends that I can refer you to, not because I worked with you, I never worked with you before, but because of your, sure. what you did in that shoe. And I was on vacation, so when I came back and saw it just laying there in my, in my, in my mailbox, I was like, what the hell, a shoe? And so he was like, why don't I refer you to this person? and his friend. They're looking to get in the market. Why don't you talk to them? I talked to them, a $500,000 sale, $300,000 sale. It took a year and a half to close. Those people took a year and a half to close. Most realtors would say, well, you're losing money. I'm not losing money. I just gained a friendship. I gained a relationship that's gonna last me for the, I'm 25. It's gonna last me for the next 30 years, 40 years, potentially more, yep. right? And that relationship is not one person. That relation behind that one person is hundreds and hundreds of people. Yep. You can't forget that. Gold, man. And, that, and that's one way, but you know. Yeah, no, that's the most memorable way. Because <laughs> this is like, what one. the, like, I would like, what the hell is this shoe? Yeah. And if I was in the market, I called you too, right? Yeah. And that's huge. Uh, but no, I, I want to just finish up on that last point because that's exactly what I preach a lot, uh, especially what we're building. It's like, damn, if you if you're like 25, if you're under 30, stop being so damn short-sighted. Yeah. You know, like your passion is going to change over time. Your interests are going to change. Your, the business world is going to change. Everything is going to change in two to 10 years, five years, whatever the hell it is, right? Yeah. If you're just solely focused on the results, if you're solely focused on like, I only do accounting or I only be in this industry and then you, you're going to lose out because eventually when things change and things collapse, you can have nowhere to turn to, no one to turn to. That's right. Right? Same with your realtor buddies. That's like, Sylvain, you're losing money, this and that. It's like, dude, I'm 25, man. Yeah. Like, these guys are, might be back in the market in the future. They're going to have friends in the market. They're going to come to me. That's right. Right? And, and that's what I love about this podcast is because, like, I think we both subscribe to the mindset of, like, give with expectations, you know, don't worry about the results, love the process, and stop being short-sighted. Always. You know, it's always the long-term game. We're always about the long-term game. There's always... You're always gonna have setbacks in your own. It's only your own mind, yeah. right? Yeah. I could have easily thought, "Wow, this is gonna cost me fifteen hundred bucks yeah. to do this shoe thing." Yeah. Which is why you can tell people your trade secrets. Ain't nobody copying you because yeah. it's fifty. Like let's say it's fifteen hundred dollars, and it takes time and effort. Yeah. And they're having that. It's like, is this gonna work? Yeah. Like, is this guy is this guy nuts? I thought about it for a few years, and then I thought. Nobody's gonna write a personalized letter yeah. and put one shoe in a shoebox and send it out and go door to door yourself, you know, for fifteen hundred bucks, unless you're a hustler. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're willing to work, and you gotta be willing to take that risk. I didn't expect anything in return. I just said, here goes nothing. If Patrick but David did it, yeah, maybe I can do it. Maybe I'll get a result from it. Who knows? Yeah. Right? I didn't get a call till six months later. Yeah. A call. If I declined that call, it could have went nowhere. Yeah. 
Who knows? Who knows? You never know. If but you, it is what it is. If you don't do, you never know. You know, you that's do, the biggest thing. You never thing. know. But do something. Do something. In the meantime, you'll learn as you're working. When I was working at the golf course, when I was working at the restaurant, I learned many different things that I apply to my work today. The, and volunteering is the best way I feel. Because volunteering, uh, you're not getting paid for, right? And when I coached basketball, I made a lot of mistakes. A lot of, a whole lot of mistakes with kids. And if you, um, if you can coach a young teen how to do something properly, then you can definitely coach yourself and older people how to do it properly. And you get the biggest joy out of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sylvain, I think that's a wrap, man. Yeah. All right. Pleasure having you. Thank you for listening, everyone. And remember to join our community below and take part in our crazy startup.